Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To Brave the Wild, with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today, as this will be close to the final episode for a little while, as spring cleanups are coming up pretty quick here, heading into April. So just giving you a heads up, of course, this year, I don't anticipate a late April uh, blizzard, so I don't think there'll be the long delay going getting into spring cleanups like last season. So, again... If and when the show vanishes for a few weeks, two, three weeks, maybe a month, who knows? That that's why. So, but again, of course, there's rainy days and Mondays and all that. So stuff happens where when it's raining, I can get caught up with the show anyway. So we all know how spring can be. Well, the Minnesota Wilds' chances of the playoffs continue to dip down into the single digits now. It's a core, multiple outlets. Uh, athletic is saying the athletic, the athletic is saying eight uh, percent. Chad Walski posted money puck. That's about three point six, I believe it said. And then uh, Lovell Bonnet also posted another uh, example. That's about three point eight percent. So one way or another. It's less than 10% chance the Minnesota Wild will make the postseason. You defeat the Washington Capitals 2-1. to one, A nice total team effort. Great defense. Uh, timely offense. Beautiful play. Uh, Parisi to Cunning, uh, not Zucker. And that would be Parisi's last game for this week. Unfortunately, he's now become very banged up down the stretch. Did help me win a... Uh, <laughs> he did help me win. Not only get into the final for... Uh, fantasy hockey, but he helped me win the championship just barely, you know, the whole tiebreaker thing is as close as it gets, so that's cool I'm not going to talk too much about that, I'm sure you don't want to know too much about that, but it was nice to win one for the first time in quite a while, we'll say, after coming oh so close last year um, and then you follow up with what you kind of expected, I guess a hungry Carolina team, and the Wild didn't have their legs, and I don't know Dubnik was sharp for a while, and then he wasn't as sharp, and Carolina looks like the Detroit Red Wings of the late 90s. I mean, they really did, honestly. That's who they looked like. The, the good, timely passing, the speed, and the great shots and everything. The youth, the talent. Uh, Toronavon, just unbelievable player. Uh, really something else. I love that guy. I wish he was on the wild. Sebastian Ajo, I wish he was on the wild. You don't need a writer? Uh, well, I'm happy for him. That's about it. Uh, luckily, we didn't get a goal against from him, but almost right out of the get-go. He almost scored right out of the get-go. And, uh, well... Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. 
Uh, we'll get to it in a second. It was a nice play, the goal that we would have, but a 5-1 to one loss. And then a one nothing loss to Nashville. The Wild outplayed Nashville the entire game. The entire game, except for Johansson's goal, who uh, I, I guess he's the next Jerome Ginlaw against Minnesota, even more than uh, freaking uh, Alex Ovechkin lately. Oh, my. Uh, I think every Minnesota Wild fan right now hates Ryan Johansson. If you didn't hate him before, you just can't stand him. And Whatever. Well, he was the only guy to score in the game, and Soros, another great game against Minnesota. Boy, he was outstanding. Outstanding. He would have to be the star of the game for that one. Um, Donato hit the post multiple times. Beautiful shot. But again, technically a miss. Once it hits the post, it's a miss. It wasn't on that. Cunning hit the post. Uh, Zucker hit the post. And this guy hit the post. And that guy hit the post. And, and Gabrick hit the post. And, and uh, uh, Pellerin hit the post. You know, I mean, every wild player that ever existed hit the post in this game. Uh, the wild officially missed 23 shots in the game. So literally misses because it wasn't on that. You know, it hit the, it hit the post. wasn't on that. And that's all there is to say about that. Uh, 29 official saves for... Mr. Yaros, uh, Mr. Saros, pardon me, and that's all she wrote there. Um, there, that's your week. That's your review. I'm done. That's it. I'm done. So I might as well go Bruce Boudreau on this. I don't know. Bruce Boudreau might be saying that anyway at the end of the year. I hope not. I like Boudreau. I want him to succeed. I'd like to see him stay with the Wild. Not everybody agrees with that, I'm sure, but I think most of you do. 2-1 to one win over Boudreau's former club on the 22nd of March. Again, 2-1 to one victory. It was a nice one. Dubnik was very sharp. The strong play in front of Dubnik was great. Again, Parisi to Cunning. That was a beauty. Donato also registered his 14th assist on the season there. Uh, Fiala would get some opportunities. He would also turn the puck over. It just kind of is what it is. Uh, Greenway, what a nice play. Again, Donato credited with the assist there, too. Uh, great play by Donato. Ultimately, but a better play by uh, Jordan Greenway taking it and running with it. Even Dubnik getting a second assist on the season there. But Greenway is 12th goal of the year. Made a nice uh, nifty move and was able to get past Holtby and finish that sucker. That was nice. Uh, good overall solid game for him. Again, Donato, multi-point game once again. The guy just shows up. The guy gets the job done. He puts the puck on that, and he helps other players as well, either serving up juicy rebounds or making nice passes. Uh, Viola clearly can can uh, dish the saucer uh, the, the the saucer as well. He is fantastic. Um with the, with the passing and the release and all that. Just unfortunately, he's a little bit erratic on occasion with the turnovers, but hopefully that's more or less just youth. Uh, Matt Robson, goaltender Matt Robson on the scratch list. Of course, Pontus Aberg, much to most people's delight on the scratch list. Nick Steeler, well, he didn't see a whole lot of action this week, and Botetto did. And Well, we didn't have to get mad at Botetto in this one, but we get an- annoyed with everybody and then the next night because the play in front of Dubnik wasn't real good. Also, again, the coach... Uh, I, the coach and the decision making and all that. Yes, Dubnik was sharp. He was wonderful against Washington. He, and he was sharp early against North, North Carolina, not the Carolina Hurricanes, but I don't know. It, it, does it really kill you to put Stalock in after a back-to-back, you know, in a back-to-back situation, the second game of a back-to-back? Does it really kill you to do that? Is Stalock that awful or is Dubnik that like much of an Iron Man that you have to put him in on every back-to-back lately? I don't know. Maybe not every, but quite a few. Uh, again, Jewel, Jewel Erickson Act did not see any action this week. He's bad at injury. The Wilder banged up everywhere. Obviously, Koivu out for the season. Dumba, probably not going to play again for Minnesota. In fact, he's just not. Um, so you've had that situation for quite a while. Jewel Erickson Act missed time, unfortunately. And Parisi's been very, very banged up as well. And I'm not, I don't know if he's going to play again. He might. In fact, chances are he'll play tonight against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, actually. We'll see what happens there. Would be nice, but uh, 
I don't know. This was a nice overall solid win for Minnesota. I appreciated it. Uh, Brad Hunt, three shots on net. That was cool. Uh, always love what he brings, but um, I don't know. Anthony Botetto over Steeler. <sighs> I'm telling you, that whole move just messed everything up. It seems like it's messed up Steeler. It's getting in his head, and he hasn't been the same player since Botetto's been on the roster. And Botetto is what he is. He has some solid games where, yep, you didn't mention Botetto. Nothing bad happened, and he just kind of hung in there, and all the, and that's good. But then you have other games where he's just awful. And then you have horrible turnovers by Patteron, like in the Carolina game. It just make you want to cry. Um, oh, wow. Well, nice win by the Wild over Washington. We appreciated it. A nice overall complete win. It's just I don't feel as good about it because of what followed up afterward. 23 in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, their fan base is getting behind their team, and that's good. That's cool. They've won a Stanley Cup before. They won the uh, Prince of Wales Conference. Well, Eastern Conference, but they got the Prince of Wales Trophy because I guess that's your Prince of Wales Conference still, kind of, kind of, sort of. Uh, they did win the conference years ago. It's like we almost forget about that. Like a lot of us remember the 2006 Hurricanes that rolled to that Stanley Cup. And they crushed the Wild. I remember in Exxon Energy Center. I still remember the game. 7-2 to victory by Carolina. Over the Wild. Just schooled, crushed the Wild. And that was a Wild team. That was a playoff team. That's how good Carolina was. And uh, their head coach, who was obviously one of their best players, Rod Brindamore. Man, I mean, he has brought that energy back to Carolina. And again, Eric Stahl, the young rising star on that team. He had a 100-point season in his second year in the NHL after being a number two overall pick in the draft two years before behind uh, a certain guy named Alex Ovechkin. Uh, wow. Carolina looks good again, and they've put together a pretty good team. Uh, Taravinen, Te- Te- oh, God, that's a tough name, Taravinen. He is a hell of a player. He was on my fantasy team last year that got heartbroken. <laughs> Easily would have won the cup last year if I didn't screw up some something in the lineups, but that's my own fault. <sighs> Jordan Stahl would score on the deflection off the Justin Falk shot. Taravinen would get his 50th assist. Sebastian Ajo got his 50th assist on Pesci. Not Joe Pesci, but Brett Pesci. I'm not sure there's any... Uh, relation. The Jordan Stahl goal is one of those frustrating, what the hell can you do type of goals, where it's a deflection. I can't get mad at Dubnik after he made some nice saves and couldn't some breakaways given up by Minnesota because the play in front of Dubnik, not so good. Including, again, a stupid-ass turnover which gave Taravinen uh, his first goal of the game with all the great effort he'd given the whole night. He got rewarded ultimately by Greg Patteron uh, midway through the third to make it 5-1. to one. That was freaking fun. But, um, the Brett Pesci goal was like a sign of things to come. It's like, yeah, he's scoring from that far out, and uh, it's going to be a long night. Wild up to or wild down two to nothing, and then the great play by uh, Kevin Fiala. Yeah, Spurgeon would register his 28th assist on this play as well, but Kevin Fiala, again, he can really dish, dish the saucer. He really can. Uh, that The release on his passing, and again, the very quick one-timer by Eric Stahl, Despite not having a great year, he doesn't have the speed, but he certainly still has the hands, does Eric Stahl. Uh, his skating has never been the same, really. He, he was slow when he first signed here, but it was more of like lull the goalie to sleep type of slow, where now it's uh, you're, you can't keep up with with uh, your, who you used to be type of situation with Eric Stahl, but he still got the hands, plain as day. Uh, very quick release, and he would beat uh, the Carolina goaltender down the stretch. In this case, uh, Mrazek, again, the former Detroit Red Wing, as we all remember so well. Mrazek, yep, boy. Um, he's had a solid year, as has Michael Henney, who, yeah, he got a he got a shutout the other night. Or not a shutout, but a victory uh, not long after this one. Good goaltending tandem, uh, tandem in Carolina. Maybe they'll be like the 0-3 Wild, where you kind of go back and forth between the two goalies. 
But again, great play by Stahl, and that was pretty much it after that. Uh, Carolina would just dominate. Minnesota would get beat time and time again. Dubnik was just getting beat. The pucks were released so nicely. Uh, the really crisp passing by Carolina, and they really capitalized in a big way. And then again, the pattern goal just kind of summed it all up and wrapped things up midway through the third. Terrible turnover right to Turvin, and just literally got stripped of the puck. I don't know what pattern is doing there. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, he could have just bounced it off the boards. I forget who too, but I mean, he could have bounced it off the boards with a player right in front of him, the wild player not far away. And, I don't know, less likely to get a turnover there. Uh, you know, get it around Turvenin, at least. Turvenin, pardon me. But that just wasn't the case. And was one-on-one with Dubnik, and that was all she wrote. And Stalock never saw a second in the game. And whatever, maybe it's for the best <laughs> at that point. Uh, Mrazek would end up saving 24 of 25 shots. And that was all she wrote, shots on net. Minnesota loses 5-1. to one to the Hurricanes, and it was a Category 5 in that night, it really was, Category 5 right there, and again, their fan base has definitely uh, stepped up big time. Uh, Minnesota was a bit of a, a storm, we'll say, against Nashville, great game by the Minnesota Wild, they just, again, like I was saying earlier, couldn't finish, and again, 23 official missed shots in the game as well, to go along with the 29 shots on net that were all stopped by Saros, so again, who's, um, he is absolutely 110% the goalie of the future, for Nashville, but luckily for the Predators, Pekka Rene still going very strong at about 35 years of age, really hanging in there, having a better season than last year, and uh, maybe they are gearing for a playoff run. I, I mean, it's Nashville, I think it's all or nothing this year. I think they either lose in the first round or they go on a huge playoff run. It's one of the two for Nashville. Um, depends on how ready they are to go, because if they're ready to go, I think they're going on a playoff run this year. Uh, they're going to get to the West Final, I think. If uh, if they if they uh, survive the first round, I think they go to the West Final. They beat one of the big boys, Carol, uh, San Jose and Calgary, and they lose to the other one, basically is what I'm thinking at the end of the day, if Nashville does survive round number one. Um, it's looking as competitive as Minnesota is against this team, the Nashville Predators. We would probably lose in four or five games to them because it's just every freaking, you know, it's just the bounce of the puck goes Nashville's way. That's all. That's just all it is. I mean, Nashville's just got the puck luck against Minnesota this year, and now we're sixth place in Central Division, if you can believe that. Now, this is fast-forwarding to Monday, March 25th, which would be the last game of this episode, if you can believe it, as you got to wait all the way till Friday for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Excuse me. Was it tonight or tomorrow? I'm going crazy. But yeah, no, the National Predators, we're playing uh, Vegas next. Yes, obviously. But um, the National Predators, um, Minnesota outplayed them the entire game. I mean, plain and simple. I thought Minnesota outplayed Nashville the entire game. Dubnik was very good in that, obviously, but only faced 19 shots. And again, that first shot of the game real early was just a sign like, yeah, we're going to lose again. And the fan base was just quiet. Um, people weren't upset. People weren't mad. People were just kind of quiet. Then there was booing at the very end because it's like, yep, you know, you can't win at home. And the fans are getting kind of to a point where they're used to it. And then uh, and then it's just, you know, when you start getting used to it, then apathy starts setting in. And once that sits in, that's the worst thing you can have as a uh, professional sports team. You don't want the apathy. And I think that's what's been kicking in a bit. Uh, Pontus Aberg, everybody's like, yeah, he's going to be out of the lineup. And no, he's not out of the lineup because Parisi's out. And Erickson Eck is out. And so you got Matt Reed, Matt Reed, pardon me, and Pontus Aberg out there. So it just kind of is what it is. And JT Brown. So all guys that, out of that trio, I'd probably pick Reed. Matt Reed is probably the 
probably the bright guy for the team on out of that three trio because uh, J.J. Brown just doesn't really bring a whole lot. Sure, he's a little bit of an energy bug, but he, he can't score, and he's too small to really lay a big hit. Matt Reed can at least lay a hit, and he's kind of uh, solid hockey IQ. Pontus Aberg has no hockey IQ, and he doesn't try hard enough. He just doesn't, and everybody knows that. So I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Victor Rask, luckily, thank God in heaven, has stepped up a bit as the third-line center for the Minnesota Wild. He actually was the best face-up guy in this particular game. Luke Cunning has been a very good center for Minnesota so far, and that's good. Obviously, brings that gritty game, and of course, can score. I think he'll be a 25-goal scorer in his future, and hopefully he can tack on 40, 45 assists and have pretty good numbers. Like, he'll be a 70-point player someday. Uh, not now, but someday, hopefully, for Luke Cunning. He's been the uh, second-line center. Um, at this point, he's almost probably the top-line center because... Stalls isn't the same, and he was getting killed in the face-offs. But then again, Cunning was getting killed in the face-offs, too. Even worse, actually, where Victor Rask actually had a winning percentage in this particular game on the third line there at the center position. Now, Kevin Fiala would have some great chances, but couldn't score. He hit the post as well, along with 19 other players. And I don't know. The Wild did get killed in the face-off in this game, without a doubt. And I don't know. Other than that, though, the Wild did play a very strong game. The effort was certainly there, but the finish wasn't, and that's all there is to say. Uh, congratulations to Rem Pitlick debuting against his, uh, against his hometown team there, against uh, against son of Lance Pitlick, who miraculously is a Facebook friend of mine. How cool is that? Former defenseman for the Ottawa Senators and others, and of course the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Rem Pitlick's college career is over. After his junior year, he will not be returning to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. He is a member of the National Predators at this moment. Will he wind up in... Uh, Milwaukee next year. We'll see. Of course, that's the AHL where he can develop some more. That is kind of how Nashville rolls, but I suppose in a way college hockey is a bit of a development as well. So it's not like he's 18 years old at this stage. And Rem Pitlick, very, very solid this year, leading the Golden Gophers in scoring. A team that also deserved a significantly better fate, but losing to crappy teams brought their rankings down so far they had no chance of making the tournament without winning the Big Ten tournament and the Gophers just, <laughs> man... Got heartbroken against the uh, Notre Dame fighting bleeping Irish who are in the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about that briefly in the second segment. Overall, the course of this week, though, I don't know. It's not, not like the Wild Blade terrible. The Carolina game sucked, yes, and but that team looks really good. And they might make a playoff run. I'm telling you, if there's an underdog team in the Eastern Conference, if you're to pick one team in the Eastern Conference that might be that Cinderella finalist type of team. It's the Carolina Hurricanes, and I'm not kidding, without a doubt. Uh, obviously, there's a Tampa Bay Lightning. They're fantastic, and they're so far ahead of everybody that if they don't win the Stanley Cup, it, it, it's a huge disappointment. Seriously. They're like Detroit in the late 90s right now. Um, remember, they had those huge seasons, and then I remember a couple of those years, they were like had this spectacular record, and then they got upset by San Jose, and it was like, what? And that was back when the Sharks were just breaking into the playoffs for the first time before they started having uh, good seasons and making things interesting. Guys like uh, Ulf Dahlin and Gaetan Duchesne were members of that team. Remember the former North Stars uh, with the uh, San Jose Sharks that uh, got their first playoff victories over the Detroit Red Wings way back, 20-some years ago, 23 years ago or so, when the Red Wings were just starting to get really seriously rolling and having those supreme records, which Tampa Bay has right now. Of course, former Detroit Red Wing Steve Eiserman helped put that team together. And then he just left, and that's weird. But, well, he did a hell of a job, didn't he? And the worst part ever is that 
Steve Eiserman was going to be the Minnesota Wild GM, possibly. He was the guy. He was the choice. And, well, he just said, uh, maybe I'm not ready yet. And then off he went to Tampa the next year after the Wild had hired Chuck Fletcher, which, who I think, you know, he wasn't a bad GM. He was just good, though. And Paul Fenton, we'll see. He might be spectacular. I think the draft is good. Though, of course, uh, Blair did the did, took care of most of this draft this past season, and he's now moved on to uh, join, rejoin Chuck Fletcher in Philadelphia, so we'll see what happens there. Oh, boy. I'm not sure. Not sure what to say right now. Um, some of Fenton's moves have been pretty good, though. Obviously, Ryan Donato, if he's anything next year like he has been this year, he could be a 50-point-plus guy, maybe way beyond that, especially long-term, as he continues to show what he can do out there, and uh, he's always had the guts, and that's cool. Uh, one other thing of note in this game, which was entertaining and interesting, was uh, Jordan Greenway. Nice fight with Brian Boyle there. That was pretty cool. Nice to see that thing get going. Um, first of probably many fights that he'll have <laughs> during the course of his career. Uh, Greenway obviously quieted a bit, except for that awesome goal against the Caps. That was that was great. But uh, nice to see him getting more and more aggressive out there. And I think, again, Jordan Greenway is going to be a big part of the leadership of this team in the future. Along with Marcus Foligno, believe it or not. He'll be one of those, you know, bottom six leaders. And then Greenway hopefully could be a top six leader, though right now I consider Greenway a third-line player. Cunning, I consider him a third-line player, but a damn good one. And a guy who can definitely play second line, obviously. And he's been doing that significantly now as the center. So, long-term, though, I could see Cunning being a higher IQ player out there, definitely, that's going to be a good leader of this team. He'll he'll wear a letter. Green Ray may wear, wear, uh, may wear a letter at some point down the stretch. I wouldn't be surprised if Donato wore a letter at some point down the stretch. So, I don't think Fiala is a captain type of guy, but the skill and the talent is very much there. Um, Cunning, yeah, I mean, when, when guys are talking about uh, Cunning being a 25-goal scorer, it's like, yes, and I think Fiala could be a 35-goal scorer, but he's certainly got some honing in to do before he gets there, and it's unfortunate because there were players taken around him and after him that have certainly gotten off to a better start to their NHL career. So that's the one thing that bothers me a little bit. Other than that, though, the skill is very much noticeable, and that's what's got me feeling good about uh, Kevin Fiala long-term. With all of that said, where do the awards go this week? The Mike Madonna, Neil Broughton, whatever you want to call it, award for this particular week... Uh, Donato obviously getting the shots on net. He's been great. Eric Stahl had his little moment, but other than that, he hasn't been so great. Victor Rask has definitely stepped up. I can't really pick on him. Batetto is not good, but I can't really pick on him either. You got to see Nick Steeler out there again, which is nice against the uh, Nashville Predators, rather than Batetto, who played against the uh, Predators. Brad Huntsman in every game, which is cool. Um, I don't know, man, but the... Uh, the star of the week, it's got to continue to be Donato. I mean, he's getting the puck on that, generally speaking. Of course, hit several posts, hit the post multiple times in this game. He would have had seven or eight shots on that if those didn't hit the post, and he probably would have scored a couple times in the game. Um, but uh, very been very pleased with Ryan Donato. I think he's been the best player on the ice for Minnesota for a while, and he gets his second straight Madonna slash uh, Neil Broughton award. As for the James Shepard Memorial, hmm. Uh, it's got to be Greg Pattern. I mean, I've seen nothing out of this guy all season. He's expensive, terrible turnovers. Occasionally, he'll have a, a solid game, but he never stands out. He's never like, oh, my God, are we lucky to have Greg Pattern. God, that guy just, ooh, he really took it to that son of a gun. You know, just smashed him, took the puck away, 
uh, schooled someone. <sighs> Boy, nope, I don't like Greg Pattern. And we're stuck with him right now because, I don't know, it just is what it is. I'm There's no point in really buying him out necessarily. He's not that bad, but he's bad. And I've not been happy, generally speaking. Greg Pattern will ring in the uh, James Shepard Memorial. I'm sorry to the young man in Dallas, but I have to give it to him. With that said, let's take a break. We're going to preview three more games coming up. Vegas, Winnipeg, and no, Vegas, Arizona, and then Winnipeg. And of course, looking more at the prospects, the NCAA tournament, and all that jazz. back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, time to preview three games and then get into the prospects. Of course, look at the NCAA tournament for hockey, men's division one, of course. Unfortunately, for the Minnesota Gopher women's, they lost to Wisconsin. Ugh, division one women's hockey. They lost to Wisconsin. They got to the final game, which they do every year practically, and uh, yep, Brad Frost has done a hell of a job forever. So congratulations on a good season and uh, losing to Wisconsin sucks. I hate it, but uh, maybe some of you out there are from Wisconsin, and, um, you know, I respect Badger Hockey and the Milwaukee Admirals, of course, which are, you know, still uh, an old friend of uh, Paul Fenton's and such, so God bless uh, Wisconsin Hockey and all that, but still sucks losing to you at the end of the day. Uh, the uh, song you just heard, of course, Blades of Steel, as you're leading into the tournament or you're selecting what type of game you want to play, but looking at the tournament bracket and everything in that game, that's the song right there. And so that's how I feel every spring when you look at the NCAA tournament bracket. So pretty cool. Gophers not in it. Wisconsin, or excuse me, Wisconsin not in it. North Dakota not in it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, but St. Cloud State's in it. Boston College is not in it. Uh, we'll look at it in a little bit. I might be talking on a turn here. But uh, yeah, St. Cloud State won. Duluth 2, and uh, Mankato 3. So, wow, Minnesota State, Mankato, Mavericks, and all that, number 3. So, pretty good start there for Minnesota. Will one of them bring home the uh, national championship? We'll see. We'll talk about that in a minute. I keep jumping ahead. I apologize. The Vegas Golden Knights, I'm just delaying the inevitable, obviously. Um, You want to believe the Wild are going to beat all these teams, but are we? Well, we've we've been pretty good against Vegas so far over the course of time, but maybe not as much right now, unfortunately. It's a little bit different story of late, which, uh, I don't know. I mean, where, where do you go with this? Vegas has been playing well. Lou Nanny seems to believe that this team could be the uh, Cinderella finalist out of this group, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if that took place. Minnesota did get a victory over Vegas in Vegas. We're actually undefeated in Vegas. Our only loss to Vegas, I like to say that word, has been in Excel Energy Center in the last two years, where the uh, Western Conference slash Campbell Conference champion Vegas Golden Knights went, went uh, winless against Minnesota last season. This year, the Wild got a point very early in the year, shut down very nicely by Mark Andre Fleury, the oft-injured but outstanding Mark Andre Fleury, who's capable of some huge games. Uh, Vegas ended up winning in overtime, two to one. It was not a shootout; it was an overtime game. Nope, it was a shootout. I apologize. A shootout victory for Vegas. Eric Hollow was still healthy before he had that terrible injury. That one bugs me. I feel so bad. <laughs> I love Eric Hollow, man. I love that guy. 
Ah, uh, but Vegas would get their first overall victory over Minnesota, but still, Minnesota has gotten a point in every single game we've ever played against the Vegas Golden Knights. Hopefully, that doesn't end on Friday night, the 29th of October. 4-2 victory for Minnesota over Vegas back on January the 21st. Very nice victory in Vegas. Very, very fun overall night. I believe Marc-Andre Fleury was in net in that one. I'm getting curious now. Uh, Marsha Schald has been leading that club in scoring. I'm a fan of Vegas, okay? I like the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm happy they're in the NHL. I'll be happy to see Seattle in there. And it was Marc-Andre Fleury. Wow. He went from that awesome game to a not very good one. Ah, uh, Paxha Reddy. Of course, Alex Tuck scored. Like, ugh, of course he did against Minnesota back on the 21st of uh, Jan. But it's been a good series for Minnesota over Vegas. Minnesota 3-0 and last year. Ah, uh, 1-0-1 this year. Zero regulation losses for the Vegas Golden Knights historically, which feels awesome, actually. So, I don't know. Let's hope that string doesn't end. I, I don't like the way the Wild are playing right now. The Vegas Golden Knights, they've been, well, they've been hanging in there. They're dangerous. They have lost three games in a row, and these are not the kind of teams you want to lose to. But then again, actually, eh, well, you know, eh, one of them wasn't that so good. But on March 18th, they beat San Jose 7-3 in San Jose. And then, see, this is why Lou Nanny was probably like, watch out for Vegas. They shut out the Winnipeg Jets 5-0. It was in Vegas, but still, 5-0. That's extremely encouraging as you head into the postseason. But again, Stanley Cups are never won in March. Uh, 23rd of March, you lose 3-2 to two days later after shutting out Winnipeg. Oof. Uh, and then you get shut down by Bennington and the St. Louis Blues. Thank God in heaven Bennington was available to me. Going into the uh, <laughs> going into that final week there in fantasy hockey, Bennington picked up and uh, I was shocked. Somebody dropped him. I couldn't even believe it. Picked him up and helped me win the title. Uh, three to one win by Bennington and the Blues over the Vegas Knights. And my goodness, Grubauer is unbelievable. The former Washington Capital, of course. That guy's unbelievable. If Colorado makes the playoffs, they're a possible Cinderella finalist because of Grubauer. And of course, the talent in front of him. The team played like dogs in front of him on Sunday. But Grubauer stopped so many shots. He was unbelievable. Freaking Nathan McKinnon was just messing around. I mean, he's, he had a chance, and he couldn't even skate around 35-year-old Duncan Keith. As good as Duncan Keith has always been, he's a great player, but he's way past his prime. He couldn't even skate around Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith just gobbled him up, took the puck, and went all the way and won the game in overtime, which was really annoying. But, oh well, it was good to see Colorado lose, I suppose. But uh, let's just say I had a fantasy help. Uh, I needed help with fantasy in that one, and that play didn't help me, let's just say. Um, but a great uh, play by Duncan Keith, I'd have to say. A horrible play by McKinnon. But Grubauer is definitely the reason why the Colorado Avalanche would make a run. She looked at me, now I'm going off in the playoff talk again. <sighs> very major playoff implications leading into this week, but I just don't feel good about it. I just don't. Uh, Vegas, <sighs> I love the Wild success against this team. Put it this way, the Minnesota Wild are going to win against the Vegas Golden Knights again. I think we're, I, I think we're going to beat them. Uh, Vegas, do they play anybody between now and then? They have to. Nope, they don't. So Colorado, just last night, then two days later, Friday. From Wednesday to Friday. Minnesota's going to beat the Golden Knights, I think, somehow, some way. Like, 2-1. to one, Very low-scoring game. Flurry versus Doobie and all that. Going to be a close game. Most likely guy to score for Minnesota. Let's get Zucker on the board again against his club. Let's go, Zucker. Come on. Two-goal night for Zucker or even Kevin Fiala. I have a feeling Fiala's going to score. Uh, I think Fiala and Zucker are going to score the two goals. Minnesota wins 2-1. to one. 
And I do believe that the guy that scores against the Minnesota Wild is going to be Alex Tuck. It's just going to be. Or Pacioretty, who's uh, a guy that Minnesota was looking at in the offseason and didn't get him. But it's going to be one of those two. And the uh, Minnesota Wild somehow win one over Vegas. Maybe Vegas collects a point in the game. They have 90 points in 77 games on the season. They're going to make it. They're not officially in, but they will make it. Uh, They're too far ahead of Arizona. So, at the end of the day, um, I think they make it. And uh, there you go. And then... Hopefully they make some kind of playoff run again. I'd rather see them win than Winnipeg or Nashville or something like that. Um, but uh, Minnesota's going to squeak out a victory. Going to get two points in this one, if you can believe it. Uh, Tuck, uh, Tuck, Tuck is going to score. I just got them all. I just got them all in my head here. Tuck, Zucker, and I do believe Kevin Fiala finally gets third bleeping goal of the season, and it'll be against the Vegas Golden Knights. The Arizona. What just happened here? I have no idea what just happened. I <laughs> think the Arizona Coyotes, though. Oh, I don't feel good about this one at all. I don't think anybody does. I don't like the way the Wild play against this team. It's freaking stupid. Uh, it's not a national TV game. It's the last day of March, the 31st, 4 in the afternoon. This has just got lost written all over it. Darcy Kemper's been unbelievable. He's had some big victories. He's the Arizona Coyotes slightly ahead of Minnesota. They've been playing well. Darcy Kemper has been just, uh, you know, a stalwart. And it's Darcy Kemper, folks. Remember the guy that we thought was just a mental gidget and couldn't handle anything? Well, he's helping his team. Uh, Minnesota did beat Arizona this year 2-1, to one, surprisingly, right? Back on the 16th of October, but that was early in the season. We just always find a way to lose to this bleeping team like last year. So many frustrating losses. And again, that 4-3 to three loss on the 27th. Has it been that long since we played this team? Feels like we played them recently. But I suppose, I mean, uh, I don't think, yeah, we've never played against Darcy Kemper, have we? So this will be like the first time. Yep, that Aiden Hill came in. That's right. This is one of those games where the Wild were winning and kablooey. The third period, everything went the other way. We only got five shots on net against Aiden Hill, who's probably got a chance to be a good goalie for them in the future. But right now, Kemper is the goalie of the present. It's not going to be Antti Ranta, um, who wasn't good against Minnesota. That's why they took him out. Minnesota was up 3-1. to one. They're the most dangerous lead in hockey. You know, the two-goal, 3-1 to one lead. Aiden Hill stops only five shots in the third period. Five shots. Five shots. That's all the wild could muster. <sighs> and Arizona would score three goals. Yeah, that's just all it was. I don't like this game. I, I, I don't like the way the wild plays against this team. I don't have any faith. I'm just, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I just don't feel good. Raise your hand. Anybody out there, show of hands how you feel about the Wild versus the Arizona Coyotes. Do you feel confident playing this team? Because, I don't know, are, are, are we just fooling ourselves or, or am I just too negative? I don't know. But I, I don't feel confident about this one at all. Um, it's in Arizona, too. Uh, Darcy Kemper, again, has been great. 3-2 three to, three to victory for Arizona. Maybe, I, I, I don't know, maybe the Wild get a 2 nothing lead or something and find a way to let it go. I think Minnesota scores early in the game. Somehow, someway, it gives us a little hope, like, ah, we got this. But I think after that, Kemper just puts the clamps down and maybe gives up a second goal. But I think Arizona's going to pull out the victory and pretty much wrap things up, as, as they say. I think that'll be a wrap, pretty much, for the Minnesota Wild's playoff chances. It's... Again, you know, you could say a million times, it's not about being negative or needling the team. It's about the way they've been playing this year, and particularly against teams like Arizona. Arizona just always seems to beat the Wild when they need to, and the Wild just don't show up. So, 
I don't know. The Wild will play a good competitive game, but they won't get the victory, I don't think. I think uh, Kemper, the former backup goalie for the Wild, former starter as well, but backup for Dubnik down the stretch when uh, in uh, Bruce Boudreaux's first season at Minnesota. I think it's just going to go that way. Uh, the most likely guy to score for Minnesota against the Arizona Coyotes will be Ryan Donato. He's going to find a way to get on the board once again, but Minnesota loses 3-2, to 4-2, to two, something along the lines of that to Darcy Kemper and the Arizona Coyotes. He'll actually face Kemper for the first time, which is weird. It hasn't been that long. Uh, we could have faced him with the Kings, could have faced him with Arizona, but, uh, well, we're finally going to face him now, and there you go. Um, as we head forward gradually here, Minnesota is going to play the uh, Winnipeg Jets, of course, as we head into the month of April, which is exciting, the 2nd of April. Happy April Fools, I guess. I don't know. But Minnesota will be hosting the Winnipeg Jets. And then as we head into the final week, the final couple of games of the season, the next show will be Boston and Dallas hosting the Boston Bruins with Charlie Coyle coming to X Energy Center for the first time as a different player, different on a different team with the Boston Bruins. And we will head to Dallas to wrap up the season, which I do believe will be the final game the Wild play until uh, next fall, unfortunately. That's just my belief. I don't think the Wild are going to make the playoffs. It, it can happen, but it's unlikely. Um, is Parise even going to play? I have no idea. Uh, Minnesota's played. Uh, Minnesota plays Winnipeg five times a season. Can Minnesota pull off the sweep of the Winnipeg Jets? What an amazing year it has been. This team made us look like fools last season and the postseason. Dubnik was great, but the wild, the skaters in front of him, not so great. It didn't help that Ryan Suter wasn't available. It didn't help that uh, Spurgeon was playing on an injured hamstring. I mean, can you imagine that? It just doesn't get much worse than that. Dumba was respectable, that's for sure, as he'd moved way up during the course of the season. But generally speaking, oh, it was a rotten finish to a not-so-bad year, we thought. And... Well, you ran into an opponent that was tough to beat. This year, Minnesota's owned Winnipeg. We're up 4 nothing. We won the season series. Flat out beat Winnipeg this year. We would have swept them in a playoff season, if, uh, playoff series if this was the case. Unfortunately, again, the playoffs aren't in November, December, January, or February, or April for that matter. Well, eventually they're in April. <laughs> what am I saying? But April 2nd, no. 4-2 to win on the 23rd. 3-1 to win on the 29th of... 23rd of November, 29th of December... 3-2 win over Winnipeg on the 10th of January, and then most recently in Winnipeg, a 3-2 victory. That was pretty fun on the 26th of Feb. Can Minnesota have a five-game sweep of the Winnipeg Jets? Wouldn't that be amazing? It's possible. And maybe you switch this one with the Vegas Golden Knights, and Minnesota gets their lone victory this week. Because I do think Minnesota goes 1-2, and two and we collect two, maybe three points this week. Uh, people were thinking, you know, the Wild need to get like eight out of the last nine here or something like that, and I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Wild are going to get like 9 out of 10 points here to wrap up the season. Uh, I just don't, and I think the Wild do miss the playoffs. And I don't feel good about it. I don't think anybody does. Colorado, 83 points on the year. Arizona, 81. It is what it is, man. And the Dallas Stars, 86 points. So, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's just let's be realistic. Unless it's the greatest finish ever, Wild go undefeated and the other teams lose like crazy. <sighs> Winnipeg Jets, Blake Wheeler, 88 points on the season, 20 goals, 88 points though. Whew. Mark Scheifel, Scheifel, one of the rising stars, of course, 80 points, 35 goals out of that. Kyle Connor, 33 goals. Patrick Liney, 30 goals after that big drop-off, but still Jacob Truba, one of the best up-and-coming defensemen out there, 44 
uh, total points for him, 38 assists and lots of power play points along the way. Dustin Bufflin's been oft injured, unfortunately, but extremely productive when he's been out there. That's the one key for uh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Minnesota's played this team so well this year. Maybe you lose to the Vegas Golden Knights, which wouldn't surprise me, and you somehow sweep the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg, I don't know how much they have in this game at this point. They just want to stay healthy. You don't want to get some kind of a freak injury going into the playoffs. I I don't know. But um, teams obviously continue to play hard. You're not going to just stand around because then you're more likely to get hurt. That's the other thing. And you don't want to just put minor leaguers out there. That would not look good at all. In fact, you'd probably get fined for something like that, sitting all your players. But um, Connor Hellebuck, not a very good season. That's one of the reasons why Winnipeg probably is not going to go to the Stanley Cup. A lot of people thought the Winnipeg Jets were going to actually win the Cup this year or at least get there and lose to Tampa. I don't think so. I I, I don't think so. It's probably going to be the Sharks or uh, Calgary going to the finals this year. Maybe Vegas goes back again. Um, I don't think Winnipeg goes to the Cup. I think they get beat in the West final or the second round, possibly. Uh, It also depends on how Nashville does during the course of the season. So depending on what happens here, Nashville... uh, could be a surprise. They're only two points behind Winnipeg. So Nashville's been playing good heading into the uh, later stages here. And look at the St. Louis Blues who were dead and gone, middle of the season, kind of like my team in fantasy. 90 points. They're only two points behind Nashville and four points behind Winnipeg. They have an outside shot of winning the division, if you can believe that, with uh, six games remaining for the St. Louis Blues. You just never know. They might get 100 points this year. You, get, you know, they very well could. You get five wins out of the six games. Here's your 100. Winnipeg's not as good as last year. Um, they're just not. Uh, Nashville was super good last season, too. Remember coming off the uh, Western Conference Final and all that. Western, or winning the Western Conference Championship and having that great season. They ultimately don't win the Cup at all. Um, I think Nashville's more likely to go on a playoff run than Winnipeg, believe it or not. As much as Winnipeg is built for the playoffs, I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, the Jets have not been that great. They're 3-2 and two in their last five. They beat uh, Los Angeles Kings 3-2. to two. They shut out Anaheim 3 nothing. They shut out Vegas 5 nothing, which is, well, that's good for the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, no, they lose to Vegas 5 nothing. Excuse me. And they beat Nashville 5 nothing. So that's extremely encouraging, possibly going into the playoffs. But, well, we all know how things can change pretty quick. But uh, that's the hope that the uh, Winnipeg Jets have. 5 nothing win over Nashville on the 23rd. And then a 5-2 to two loss hosting the Dallas Stars. See, it's games like that. If it's Winnipeg and Dallas in the first round, boy, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Winnipeg better be ready to go. The Jets will be playing the New York Islanders, Montreal Canadiens, Chicago Black Hawks in Chicago before, hosting, before visiting Minnesota the next day, back-to-back. So I'm going to change things around, just basically flip-flop the score with Vegas. I think Minnesota does find a way to sweep this season series, believe it or not. Um, a back-to-back situation for Winnipeg coming in. The reason why the Wild would not win the game is they're just messing around, and they're just you know coming out vanilla in Excel Energy Center, and the fact that the Wild have not been winning at home, which is a big problem. Uh, where the Wild, obviously, are a better road team. Like against Arizona, he almost may have more faith they'd win on the road than at home, but Arizona's been great at home of late. That's the other side of it. Um... Maybe Minnesota does pull off the sweep. I, I think there's a good chance, and that's pretty bad for the uh, Winnipeg Jets if they get swept 5 nothing by Minnesota. The sad part is it doesn't mean a damn thing. It's just a little bit of pride, and, and that's about it. doesn't mean a damn thing. You don't get past the first round. You don't even make the playoffs, but you swept Winnipeg this year. Your crappy home record. Uh, you know, major players injured, which is, you know, unfortunate. 
it's not like you're ripping the team for that. It's just a, just a rotten season, that's all. It's just a combination of what a rotten season it is with all the injuries to go along with, uh, you know, not good play at home. Maybe Minnesota's going to beat the Winnipeg Jets. Let's go with a 4-2 to win for Minnesota. They pull away. Uh, Dubnik is solid. I don't, I, I don't know if Stalock's going to get in until maybe the Dallas Stars game. They might just put him in for the heck of it just to give him one more uh, night out there. But uh, we'll see what happens. Stalock might not even get in that the rest of the season unless uh, Dubnik's getting shelled or gets hurt or something crazy like that, which you hope doesn't happen, of course. Winnipeg, Minnesota's going to beat them 4-2. to We will lose to Vegas, unfortunately. Maybe collect a point, though. Get to overtime, 3-2 to loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Minnesota does beat the uh, Winnipeg Jets 4-2. to Most likely got a score in the game versus the Winnipeg Jets. We're going to go with... It's, you know, we're going to go with Spurgeon. Spurgeon's going to find a way to put one in against the Winnipeg Jets. Big goal down the stretch to make it 3-2. to two, Something along those lines. I think Spurgeon's going to get a big goal at a big moment and uh, continue his stellar play, his career season when it comes to the points. They finally got that 40-point that mark that had been avoiding him for so long, that had been eluding him for years. And he finally got it with a no late-season injury or some bullcrap that got in the way. Spurgeon nails the 40-point mark, mark this year, which is great, and he will uh, add another goal down the stretch here against the Winnipeg Jets. With that said, we'll finally look at the prospects a bit. And as per usual, we'll look at the Iowa Wild, as we are wont to do. Cal O'Reilly's definitely going to finish with the uh, scoring lead on the season, most likely. Point a game, 59 points in 59 games, 46 assists. He's definitely been the top-line center and like the captain of the team and all that for the uh, Iowa Wild. Great overall season for him, but of course, unfortunately, a career minor leaguer. Dmitry Sokolov and Will Biden continue to chip away. Dmitry Sokolov, his 15th goal of the season during the course of this week. He has stepped it up a bit. Few assists, few goals, 30, uh, 29 points on the season. He's definitely been picking it up on that fourth line, despite being down there in the fourth. He's been playing very well. Uh, Brennan Mennel, plus 15, which is tops on the team. Second to uh, second place is Gerald Mayhew, who's got 14, so he's catching up a bit. He's the second leading scorer for the uh, Iowa Wild, but unfortunately another career minor league type of guy. 36 assists for Mentally. Tacked in uh, his 38th overall point just recently here. Sam Onis has been on a bit of a tear, adding another three points this week. 13 goals, 23 assists on the season, 36 total points, but a minus nine is the one number that you don't like all so much at the end of the day. Generally speaking, though, the best player on the team most of the season has been Brennan Mennel, Sam Anas, guys like that, Gerald uh, Cal O'Reilly. But when you come to the prospects, it's those guys. Sokolov stepping up later. Uh, Mason Shaw added his seventh goal this week to get to 30 points. Again, remember that red-hot start, then the drought, and then he got kind of picked it up again, and then another drought, this and that. Mason Shaw's a gritty little guy, 41 penalty minutes on the season. He's a minus three. But got his seventh goal of the season for the longest time. He was stuck at five, so he's had a couple goals the past few weeks here. Mason Shaw kind of chipping away slowly but surely. The third-line center for the Iowa Wild. Again, Will Biden, the fourth-line center for the Iowa Wild. And he's been solid out there again. He's got ten goals on the season, if you can believe it, Will Biden. But Dmitry Sokolov, again, has been chipping away and good chemistry with Will Biden as well. Helping uh, hell out with some helpers on Will Biden and Biden helping him out on a couple goals during the course of the past few weeks. So at least those guys kind of hanging in there. You wish there were more prospects in Iowa, but they're coming. Oh, they're coming. Uh, Kovanov is going to be there next year for sure, unless he joins during the playoffs. I'm not sure. He's got his own playoffs to do in Quebec Major Junior Hockey. Uh, Connor Dewar, obviously, 
beware part of me has been crazy good for the Everett Silver Tips. It's been a fun season keeping up with those guys, the young rookies there. Kovanov, obviously great. Uh, he's had his, uh, he's definitely had his success in the postseason for the most part, I'd have to say. Kovanov, again, uh, two assists most recently here the other night. Uh, three to two in from Montcon, the Montcon Wildcats. They're two to two in their first round series in the Q. MJHL, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. That just sounds better. Uh, Sean Boudreaux, the guy I don't talk about as much. He had two assists on his two shots on goal. Cape Brenton, they won. They're tied also with Charlottetown. Charlottetown, pardon me, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Um, Brennan Mendel, nice article posted. Thank you. Uh, passed on from uh, Minnesota Wild Prospects and Young Players. MNW Prospects is uh, the uh, the how you look up the Facebook page. Well, gotta love that. Again, gonna give them a major shout out. I'm an admin on the page. Jero uh, as well. He's been strong. He had a big moment as well on a wraparound. Good play. At the end of the day, he ended up finishing after the wraparound. So good for him. Ivan Ladnia as well. Uh, big plays. <laughs> he has stepped up in his postseason for uh, the for uh, Niagara as well. Damien Giroux, yeah, I mean, Damien Giroux, Connor Dewar, guys have definitely stepped up. Kovanov, he continues to rack up the assists in the postseason. Kovanov, Alexander Kovanov has been uh, definitely solid during the course of the postseason for his club, the Montcard Wildcats. So, gotta love what he's done there. As now you want to kind of look around a bit. Sam Henches, obviously, during the course of the uh, WCHA tournament, he is now at 10 goals and 10 assists because those all count, which is nice. In the tournament, 20 points, a nice, solid freshman year. St. Cloud State Huskies, number one overall seed heading into the NCAA tournament. We'll get to that in another second here. Again, uh, no news at the moment on Jack Sadick or Nick Boca. Again, their college careers are both over. They were seniors for Michigan and Minnesota, respectively. We're waiting to see what happens. Brennan Deheim, again, Deheim, Parkland, Florida native, left winger in his junior season. We'll see what he does after the year. He reached the 10th goal, the 10 goal mark, 19 assists. He's been a bit of a playmaker, kind of like Jordan Greenway was in college. We'll see what he can do. 29 points in the 39 games he played. Definitely a physical brand of hockey for Brennan Deheim. 53 penalty minutes on the course of the season. And was a plus 16 for a pretty good uh, Providence club this season. So we'll see what happens with Brett with that guy, obviously, after the uh, season ends. I wouldn't be surprised if he went back for a senior year, and hopefully uh, he has a very successful run. St. Cloud State will be playing against American International, who squeezed in for their very first NCAA tournament. They won the conference. Congratulations to American International. They make their very first NCAA tournament, and watch out St. Cloud. Um, as good as St. Cloud is with their 35-3 and record, watch out. Uh, Friday, March the 29th, the whole thing gets started. That's at 7.30 for that game on ESPN3. Again, as long as you have your ESPN application and cable subscription entered, hopefully you should be able to catch these games or however else you do it. <laughs> hint, hint. American International, though. Again, watch out, St. Cloud. You never know. Just like uh, we got shocked by the Holy Cross. We were the number one team in the league. Holy Cross made their first ever NCAA tournament, and they won their first ever NCAA tournament game, which is all i got to say about that. Uh, so Denver Pioneers did make it. I thought somehow they missed, but yeah, they never missed. They just they're just not one of the top seeds. They're number three. At the end of the day, they will be playing the number two seed, not number two seed in the tournament, but in the uh, Saint Cloud State bracket. We'll call it. At the end of the day, that's the West Regional 
Ohio State's uh, a slight favorite over Denver, but we all know what Denver can do. I don't know. Um, I do think St. Cloud somehow beats American International. I think, I hope Ohio State beats Denver. They've been good all year. Didn't finish so strong getting swept by the Gophers, and that's why they don't wind up with one of the top four seats. That's really what happened. That's why Massachusetts is fourth. So you get into the Eastern Conference here, the Eastern eastern part of uh, the tournament, or, you know, the East Coast and all that. Massachusetts in the tournament. There's all these other schools, Boston College, UMass, uh, UMass Lowell. You always hear about them. Well, well, though this is UMass this time. You always hear about UMass Lowell, Boston College, Boston University. None of them made it. And the Northeastern made it for the second straight year. Cornell, those are the more East Coast teams again. But Harvard will be playing as Massachusetts. That'll be an interesting one there. Massachusetts, the top uh, guy there. They're the fourth uh, fourth overall seed. Notre Dame versus Clarkson. I say go Clarkson. I stick a Notre Dame. Go Clarkson. Even though uh, it's been some interesting history with Clarkson in the past. They've had some success certainly in both uh, men's and women's college hockey. Minnesota State Mankato will be playing against the Providence uh, Friars. And I got a feeling that Minnesota State is going to get upset in the first round. <laughs> I'm kind of cheering for Providence. I know, I know you hate me. I'm not a fan of the Mavericks that much. I just want the Gophers to win. You know what I mean? I don't like St. Cloud. I don't like the Mavericks. I don't like the... I, I'm okay with Duluth. I they're kind of like my second favorite college team, but I'm a Gopher fan. I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm not rooting for you that all that much. But if Minnesota State goes on and has major success, good for them. Um, getting Providence in the first round, though, boy, that hurts. <laughs> Providence, uh, they did drop off. That's why they wound up so low. Because, I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty low thing. You're going against the number three team in the country in the first round. Ouch. That's a pretty low uh, placing there. So we'll see what happens with that one. I don't know why, but they must not have done well at the end of the year, obviously. So go Brennan Deheim. Score two goals. Hopefully. <laughs> Other than that, if Mankato is victorious, the Mankato Mavericks, so to speak, Minnesota State Mankato, so be it. New York's Cornell will be uh, playing against Northeastern on the other part of that same little bracket there in the East region, we'll call it. Minnesota Duluth will be playing against Bowling Green, who won their college tournament, so or their conference tournament in the Midwest Regional. Minnesota Duluth, the defending national champions with Nick Sweeney, who helped Minnesota Duluth defeat the St. Cloud State Huskies in the... Uh, WCHA championship game, and Nick Sweeney has been clutch forever. I love Nick Sweeney. He's very clutch, and he had 15 goals this season. Very cool, which is good, obviously, considering he uh, had single digits last year, only eight. So very, very cool to see Sweeney's success putting the puck in the net. Um, Arizona State, so they, they made it. The, the Sun Devils made it. The Sun Devils made it. They'll be playing against one of my favorites, Quinnipiac. Go Quinnipiac, I guess. I don't know. I kind of like Arizona State, too, but then again, not so much after the dirty play against the Gophers, where the Gophers absolutely crushed that team. Arizona State had such a strong season, though. They still made it, despite getting swept by the 20th-ranked Gophers at the end of the regular season there. Non-conference game, all that good stuff. Who's going to win the national championship? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Duluth repeats. I would not be surprised at all. And I hope Nick Sweeney is the most outstanding player. I'm thinking wild here, guys. I'm not thinking about, oh, go college, go, 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 go Bulldogs. I'm thinking Minnesota wild uh, prospects. That's just my mindset. When I think of State College, I think of Sam Henches. I don't think of go, go Huskies. No, I think of Sam Henches. Go Sam Henches. <laughs> I'm a wild fan, damn it. And you know what? I love this tournament, though, because, again, you get the prospects, and it is fun to keep up with. I'll watch all the games, even even though I might not be a huge fan of that team. I'm still a fan of the game, I, and it's it's cool. It's cool to see who comes out victorious. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Providence upsets Minnesota State because they just haven't had much success in the in the tournament. They just haven't. I mean, am I lying or am I being honest here? Like, do your research. So that's just my take on that. Cornell never wins anything as good as they've been. Northeastern, I don't know. They squeezed in last year and this year. Good for them. They got back. So cool. Bowling Green has had success many years ago. Quinnipiac got to the final game against the hated North Dakota fighting Sioux God, I hate North Dakota. Ugh, I hate North Dakota. I don't care what anybody says. God bless them, but I'm not a fan at all. So I'm glad they're not in the tournament. The Badgers didn't make it. The Gophers didn't make it. But the freaking Pioneers did. Go Ohio State. I hate Denver, too. That, that's another one. Denver, North Dakota. Oh, God. Get them out of here. Go, 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 go. Just go. I think those are my two least favorite college teams right there. No disrespect to the to the kids or anything. I just, I don't know. I've seen enough of you guys. Go away. <laughs> go Providence. Go Quinnipiac. Screw those teams. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's just how I feel. I think the most likely team to win the tournament, though, I'm going to go with Duluth. I wouldn't be surprised if Duluth, St. Cloud, maybe somehow get to the final and Duluth pulls it off and Nick Swaney is a, hopefully a hero again. That'd be pretty cool. So uh, Jim Maddell and all of you out there that love the Duluth Bulldogs, I think you just might get your third national championship this year. Uh, great season. But the Gophers swept you to start the season out. huh? No, we didn't sweep them. We tied and then beat them. So we won. We didn't sweep them. But we won the series. Huh? Nudge, nudge. Yeah, it means a whole lot now, doesn't it? It means so much that it doesn't mean a damn thing. That's so much it means. <sighs> but go Nick Sweeney. That's all I got to say. And love the uniforms. The closest thing to the Gophers other than, I guess, Arizona State. Which, uh, try not to be too dirty. Otherwise, Quinnipiac's going to beat you 5-1. And the uh, Midwest Regional there, Saturday, March the 30th. Uh, Duluth, I do think, wins, though. That's just my guess. Who knows? Maybe somehow, some way, Harvard goes all the way. Wouldn't that be something? They've been known to do that on occasion. Maybe Providence pulls off a pretty nice couple upsets. I would not be surprised, actually, if Providence went to the Frozen Four. I wouldn't be surprised at all. In fact, I'm picking that. I think Providence versus uh, Minnesota Duluth, Frozen Four, and St. Cloud versus... St. Cloud versus Clarkson, I think. Clarkson, somehow. Or Notre Dame. It's going to be one of those two. Is going to be in the Frozen Four, St. Cloud, Duluth final, Duluth wins. So there's your bracket. Got it. With that said, wish all of you a good week. Of course, going to give the contact details and some shout-outs here, of course. Uh, again, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Want to thank Vince Germano, Joseph Wheelock, and Chad Walski for retweeting the most recent show. Thank you, guys. At Brave the Wild, the door is closing, episode 206. I'm not even <laughs> come up with the title of this episode. Nothing definitive at the moment. It'll pop in my head right as I'm uploading this show. So at the end of the day, thank you guys for retweeting the most recent show on Twitter, at Brave the Wild. Look that up, and uh, please give it a follow. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks again in advance for that. MNW Prospects, Facebook.com, MNW Prospects. Doesn't get much better than that. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, Matthew Back, and of course, Pavel Burnett running that page with me. Along the way, Paula Bennett out of the Czech Republic. Mr. Back there, Matthew Back. Again, Justin Back. I'm going crazy. I'm mixing him up with someone else. Justin Back. I deeply apologize for that locally here. Uh, but posting a lot. That guy's very active on the page, and we thank him very much for posting the articles and keeping up with the prospects. Does a great, spectacular job. Kovanev and Dewar. What an amazing year they've had, and gives us hope. It really does. This last draft, I think, is a good one. I think the 2018 draft is going to 
be re uh, remembered the next couple of years here as some pretty pretty important players on the Minnesota Wild roster coming up here. So very cool. Thank you very much, Justin, back for being a uh, cool friend. And of course, uh, been wonderful to that page. I'm very proud to be a part of it. MNW Prospects, a lot of you have joined, have joined it. I'll uh, put a link to that in the show description along with the Twitter account. And of course, the, Minis the Brave the Wild Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. There'll be a link to that also in the show description, along with the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Imagine you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. It'd be great to have you on here with me, your voice on here with me. The call-in line, again, there's the call-now button on the Facebook page, which goes to that same phone line through Facebook Messenger which doesn't cost you a penny. It's just using data a little bit, depending on your situation there. So be aware of that. Unless you're on Wi-Fi, then you're good to go. No matter where you are in the world, there's no long distance really anymore, thanks to that. Gotta love the technology there. Simple, but but it works too. Simple works and legal and all that good stuff. It is a three-minute limit on that voicemail, so be aware of that. You could get cut off, so be careful. Otherwise, if you don't want to get cut off, there is the audio submission route to get on this show. Simply use your smart device. There's free voice recording applications on every smart device on the planet or your laptop or whatever it is with Audacity, uh, which is, of course, an editing software. If you have a microphone and all that, your laptop, your desktop, your this top, your that top, whatever it is, would be great to hear from you. Record it, save it, send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert the file into an MP3 so I can get it into my uh, editing software, which is also Audacity. <laughs> Thanks to Zamzar.com and Converto.com, those websites kind enough to allow free service for small files like that. And, of course, they charge for big files. Um, I'm more than happy to give them a free plug because of what they provide for this show, which uh, helps this show and my other two shows, Purple Mafia and Timberwolves Explosion, when people try to call in that way and get on board. It is very much appreciated. So more than happy to give them a plug for that. Other than that, please do give... A positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcast, if you could. It seems like generally iTunes, but I, I should check some of those other ones. I haven't seen any reviews on those. It's generally iTunes where they pop up. Uh, but thank you guys so very much for that have done that. And anybody that wants to help out the show, it only makes things more attractive to potential listeners if the rating is high and doing well. So thanks again, guys, that have done that. And those of you that will in the future, I can't thank you enough. Hopefully you can do that. It would be greatly appreciated five-star rating and what you like about the show, even what you'd like improved, if need be. Um, <laughs> stop rambling, right? No, I'm kidding. Who knows? Maybe that is what they'll put. God, hopefully not, but maybe. With that said, thanks again. Hopefully the Wild somehow pull things off, but I don't think so. I just hope uh, guys stay healthy. No major injuries. You just get through this. And uh, Bruce Boudreaux, hoping the best for him as well. I wouldn't be mad if they gave him a, an extension in the offseason at all. Some of you might be. I would not be one of them. With that said, we'll talk to you soon, and we'll see. If the show disappears for a little while, I'll be back pretty quick. It's not going to be gone for like three months or anything. I truly doubt that. I'm not moving this year, which is nice. I'm, I'm here to stay in Golden Valley, at least for now. With that said, we'll talk to you in a week or two or three, depending on the situation. 